Hello everyone and welcome to the final festive edition of this game where for this festive season and indeed last episode of 2021. This is Chris and over there is... Ashley with uh, Marabou from a, a special shop. Not Marabou is in the uh, creature animal. That's Caribou, which incidentally oh, yeah, is reindeers. I'm thinking of is a stork. Marabou stork is a type of stork. How are you? I'm okay. Loved Christmas. Oh, spent it on my own with Hannah, which is, you know, it's got its own charms. What did you do? Yeah, my Christmas was great as well. I ate turkey and sang all the traditional songs and gathered around an open fire and roasted chestnuts. So that's what I did. Mm. So we're wrapping up this year with our traditional, well, traditional, the second time we've done it, uh, round with the year games we've what we've enjoyed and then looking forward to 2022 are we telling people what we're looking forward to in 2022 first or at the end no to the end probably for the best cool this is what the romans did isn't it janus that's why it's called january did you know that who's J- what janus was the roman god of um doors i think it is so he had two heads one to look forwards and one to look backwards and that's why january is called january because it's named after it's because you're looking back on what's happened prior you're looking and forward forwards. to the year ahead and that's a and nice that's little fact thank you janus was a character in goldeneye oh samantha janus no that's a different thing altogether right okay hugh who's janus hugh right <laughs> hugh janus I think, it sounds like a i think that was his a, character's a, name a, a prank phone call that bart makes <laughs> in the simpsons oh Probably. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, sure it, it was is. Janus. I actually only know this from the game. Um, I, I can't remember anybody's name out of the... Except that boy, James. Jamie? He In the film, that's the only character whose name that I remember. And then there's Robert, what's his name, that played Cracker. Cracker! No, that's the Irish. Uh, oh, Scottish. What's his name? Robert Coltrane. Robert Coltrane. Yeah, Cracker! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, cra- I'm Cracker! Or whatever. That's... <laughs> That sounded passable to me, but to Scottish listeners, that they they're, they will probably tell a different story. Limmy, Limmy's out there, absolutely smashing smashing me right now. Bad times. What was your Scottish man's name from that? Oh, De- Derek Diamond from uh, Games Master. What's his name? Dominic Diamond. Dominic Diamond. Diamond. <laughs> what the <laughs> earth is wrong with you? Oh, I I've never been to Scotland. I can't. You can't blame me. I'd like to go, it's but nice. I don't think they'll let me in because of the whole Brexit thing. So. Not that I voted, I don't let you in I now. didn't vote for Brexit. They won't let you in now because of your impressions and whatever. Yeah, I've, I've, I've done myself, haven't I? You have. God damn it. But it was really good. Cracker on ITV. It sounds more Irish now. Yeah. What a cracker. I never watched it. My mum my mum no. used to like it. Yeah, my mum used cracker, to like it. Cracker, cracker also, of course, relevant for this time of year. Well, this time last week. Yeah. Hey, I had a, a joke in a Christmas Cracker this year. Do you want to hear it? It's, it's yes. groan-inducing. What, what do vampires sing on New Year's Eve? No, don't know. Old Fang sign. <laughs> okay. I think we should should probably have got started about five minutes ago so you didn't make that joke. All right. I'm, sorry. I'm, yeah. no, I'm not sorry. Anyway, yeah, Janus. Janus was a character that I only know the name of in GoldenEye because of the game, not the film. Because nobody is memorable in that film except Robert Coltrane, who is Cracker, and James Bond, or Jamie Bond, um, however you want to know. The Tank. Exactly, and, um, that's got James Bond in. You remember that because Pierce Brosnan's on the top of it. Yeah, he is. Are you drinking wine? No, this would be a very large goblet of wine. It's uh, yeah. it's just Pepsi Max. Right, the, the class was deceiving. Yeah, I'm actually alcohol-free. Okay. 
I had, uh, I hadn't drunk any alcohol for eight. Well, actually, I had some alcohol about two months ago. But before that, this year, I probably had about five beers hmm. this year. Fair play to you. And next year, I might not have anyway. any beers. So, yeah, we should probably talk about the games. Let's get it started. What is your first game of 2021? I've only got three. And I'm just going to present them as is, in no particular order. Why have you only got... Th- right, we're going to have to change this up then, because uh, I've got five. Why well, ain't got? I ain't got five? Why don't you start, and then I'll I'll intersperse mine That's with yours. That's going to work, out work better, because I can do one, then you do one, then two, your two, well, three, three. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. That's one, how it works. One, two, three. Yep. It's not going to work. It'll, it'll but... work. Oh, it well. Um, no, it won't. No, it won't. It won't work. But <laughs> so my my first game uh, of the year this year, and we should probably hasten to add uh, before we get kick, get get started in this. We are far away from having played all the games that, that have come out this year. Very, very far away. We have our own tastes. We have our own likes and dislikes. There are the games that we'll never play that probably are amazing on it in an objective fashion. But this is not an objective podcast. This is our podcast, mine and Chris's. So that's if you where. Like it- Take it with the managers. Exactly. <laughs> Stop it. We don't have managers. Stop it. Yeah, but it's our it's our podcast. It's our list. We like what we like, and these are what's we likes. Uh, Chris doesn't like very much, evidently, but I no. like to start things off. Psychonauts two, which came out I think in August this year, and I've played from start to finish over about a week. T- uh, about a week, and it was fab. It was as good, if not better, than the first one. Any particular highlights? Oh yeah, loads. Too many to count. So genuinely, too many to count. It's it's a it's a really well made game that I think there was a danger that they would just remake what came before, and they haven't done that. Pardon me. I think there was a danger that because so much time had passed, they would not necessarily have a firm grasp on what they'd what was good about that first game. But they've managed to avoid that as well. And I think there was a danger that because so much time had passed, because so much has changed in the gaming landscape, that Psychonauts 2 wouldn't wouldn't bear enough of a resemblance to the first game. And they've managed to avoid that. This feels perfectly pitched. The first one was marvellous and and felt like it was made for me. The second one, even more so. The inventiveness that you get from both of these games. We talked about Psychonauts on one of our podcast episodes when Psychonauts 2 was due for release. Uh, The inventiveness of of the first game has just been time uh, multiplied by, by 10 or 20 or 50. I don't really even, I couldn't even put a number on it. And the amount of learning that has taken place between um, the release of the first one and the second one it is quite evident. The the amount of expertise, game making expertise that they've managed to build up in the, in the team is hugely on show. Everything's polished to to within an inch of its life. It looks fab. It's written pitch perfect writing. The only there is only there is a downside. There's only one that I can oh. think of. The downside is that um, the side characters is like they've introduced a new cast of side characters instead of having the kids from the camp you've now got these uh, trainee agents and they're not really utilized to the fullest extent of their that was possible but even even taking that into account the game is just so fun so fun i remember when it came out in in august that it got unanimously glowing reviews across the board like every publication website i read were completely fawning over it yeah i didn't read any of the reviews because i knew full well that i was going to play it regardless of what they said and i didn't really want i didn't i wanted uh, more than any other game 
that's come out this year, I wanted to be able to go into this without having had my view shaped in any way by what other yeah, people have said. I didn't I didn't want to be fixating on the opening because somebody said that there's a hair out of place or something like that. I, by the way, the opening is fabulous. It starts off... I, I wasn't even going to talk about the opening. I wasn't going to talk too much in detail about the game itself. Uh, but the opening starts off. You're Raz, from the first game, you have become an agent. You've got, the, you've got a suit on and you are a psychonaut. And the other person that is a psychonaut is Dr. Loboto, who is the who was the big bad from the first one. And he is being given the Employee of the Month Award for being a psychonaut. He's suddenly a psychonaut. And you're like, what? what? What's going on? What have I missed? Why is Dr. Loboto a psychonaut? And then things start to break down quite quickly. And Dr. Loboto goes on the run. And you go out of the door and there are like teeth everywhere and the... the what was an office building starts to degrade and there, there's this motif of uh, of dentistry all over the place. Uh, just teeth, really garish, really gory, visceral, viscerally horrific uh, teeth everywhere and gums. Um, and it breaks down. It turns out that you're actually trying to interrogate Dr. Lobato to find out um, what he knows about the boss that Dr. Lobato's got. And he did that by, by sort of going into his brain and in, inducing this idea that he was a, a psychonaut and wanted to help. I haven't done it justice at all. The only way really to do this game justice is to play it. And you, if you do, you won't regret it at all. Was it on um, PC, PlayStation and Xbox? Or is it just PC, it Xbox? No, PC, PlayStation 4 and Xbox. It's one of the last right. Double Fine games that will uh, likely make its way over to PlayStation because Double Fine are now owned by Microsoft. Uh, but PC, PlayStation 4 and Xbox might be PlayStation 5. I'm not entirely certain. So yeah, there you go. There's far cool. too much about Psychonauts 2 to kick us off. <laughs> right, well, I'm going to go straight into my... One of my games then, as I said, in no particular order, but it seems appropriate to do this one because you've just used the word inventive. Mario 3D World, which was the subject of episode 64. Okay. The inventive aspect being the fact that all the levels are different to each other. One level, you're bouncing around this circus and sort of jumping across playing cards that are platforms. The next level, you're in the desert. The next level, you're in Bowser's Castle. It's just, it's, it's so all over the place, which I absolutely love that, that mix up of gameplay. And not you know, the classic Mario where you're in the desert world. Therefore, all the levels are based around desert. Um, it, it was that was one of the things I really liked about it. Um, the ease of play and um, how fun it is. The levels being really bite-sized and short, so you can get through them really quickly. So many hidden things. So so many hidden things. Lots of replayability trying to get those hidden things. Uh, it's just a joy. It's like the perfect middle ground between a fully fledged 3D Mario and the new Super Mario Brothers. Uh, formula Absolutely. so it, it really does sit right in the middle of those two types it's like a it's like a third type of mario game to me mm. and it, all the better for it i think it stands head and shoulders above any of the new super mario brothers entries yeah completely i think part of that is the inventiveness and then of course the switch version being bundled with uh Bowser's fury this yeah. sort of 10 to 15 hour extra set of uh challenges that is a fully 3d area as we said i think back in the episode it's this this whole idea of breath of the wild meets mario in in so much as you can do what you want in whatever order you want i mean there are restrictions on that because you can't literally from the start do what you want when you want it it opens up um, mm. bit by bit so there are you know it's not quite in that same vein but it's uh it's left me very hopeful for what will come next for mario well i'm hoping that we just get a straight up mario odyssey sequel to be honest having 
having had a bit of time with um, Bowser's Fury myself as well when you brought it around for me to, to try I just would like more of Odyssey that's what I want that's what I want from Mario I know that's not particularly inventive them's the break so that's that's what I'd like. And Mario Odyssey is, is such a good game, then, yeah, a sequel would be fantastic. Yeah, I was going to make a, a flip comment about this being the best game of 2013. Um, <laughs> since you talked about Bowser's Fury, I'm just going to make mention of the fact that I was going to make that joke and not make it. Fair. So you've got the joke in without doing the joke, which exactly, is always which a good is way a to do cheap, it. cheap trick. Yeah. Cheap Sly. and shoddy. Uh, well known as well. So... My second game, I'm not doing these in any particular order. It was too, it's too difficult, really, to separate mm. them out. Uh, but my second game is, appropriately, It Takes Two. Oh. Yeah. So, you are you familiar with It Takes Two? Well, I, I know you've been banging on about it. Have I? Oh, I didn't realise. Sorry. No, not in a bad way. Just you've been, you've been waxing lyrical about it. I, I know nothing about it. I don't know what, what the gameplay is. I'll be, I'll be blunt. Right, okay, that's okay. It's. I think I might have outlined this to you, but I don't know if I've done it on the podcast. So It Takes Two is the story of a, a small family out of three, much like yours. But unlike your situation, the parents aren't getting on, not not even a little bit. They are on the verge of divorce, and the daughter knows that because children pick up on things. And she they accidentally do. magics the parents into two little wooden dollies that she's uh, made of them. Uh, so the right. the dad the dad is one dolly and the mother is the other dolly and they get discarded into the garage. I mean, obviously they're panicked and they have no idea what's going on. They don't really realise it's magic until this book of love turns up, an anthropomorphised book called the Book of Love, and explains to them that they need to figure out how to fix their relationship in order to break the the spell, really. And from there, they go on this fantastical journey across their through their garage. Um, and all the crawl spaces in inside their walls, and then across their garden, and then across this fantastical representation of their ch- of their daughter's bedroom, which is uh, uh, on another level. And each area is very distinct, and each area they get equipped with a different mechanic. So when you go in, when you're in the garage, one of you has a hammerhead that has fallen off a hammer, and one of you has a set of nails so you the the husband can throw the nails and then the the wife can gymnast her way over the uh, like right. over these uh, place nails and the the wife can like slam down into the ground using their hammerhead but then at the end of the garage se- sequence and um, once you've traversed the whole of the garage and got what you need to do to get to get out of the garage, you lose those abilities. But then you get equipped with another set of abilities in the next area, and another set of abilities in the area after that. So you've got, as you progress through the game, you've got actually these unique mechanics for each area of the game. And you, you get That them. then gets dropped for the next one. Yeah. And just that, that aspect of the game, really, the fact that they're mixing it up from area to area, it really lends. We've said about novelty and how novelty can, if it's implemented well, um, can make a game or break, or if it's not implemented very well, it can break a game. Uh, here, it's just, again, it's perfectly implemented. The way the, the structure of the game is marvelous and, and keeps you engaged and interested all the way through the other aspect which i haven't touched on which i should have probably touched on is this is completely and wholly cooperative so you I was just going to ask that you and another person take on one of the two characters for myself it was my it was me and hannah 
Hannah, Hannah was one person and I was the other. And we played through it over the course of about three evenings. Uh, and I think, I think I can speak for Hannah in saying that we both, it, it is probably one of the most memorable gaming experiences that we've had this year uh, partially because we were doing it together could not have played at all single play that's a good question i i just don't know the answer to what i will say is that they are giving a when you get this when you buy this game so i i played this through xbox game pass as part of the, the extra bundle of ea play games that you get access to as well when you buy this game from the moment they released if you bought this game you could you got a a free friend code that you could send somebody that then allowed you to play with um, another person. Based on that, I would guess that you can't play it on your own. Like that, I, I, in fact, I don't. I just can't see how you would possibly play it on your own, because there are moments where you have to be quite in tune with the person that you're playing with in order to get everything to come right. together, in order to do things in the right way and coordinate with one another. To, uh, to bring it all together. There also is peppered as well with these tiny little mini games. There's loads of them uh, where you compete against each other. So there's right. like a little tug of war where you absolutely batter in the, one of the buttons on the controller to try and pull the other person into the abyss. It's a bit like Squid Game if, you, if you've seen that. You're sort of on a high pedestal. Nope. No? Okay. Well, it is tug of war. That's all you need to know. And then a, a, a whole raft of other little fun diversions that you find off the beaten track if you go off the beaten track you find these little diversions and they're all fantastic in their own little way so yeah it, it takes two it's magical i would say it sounds to me like cross between unravel 2 which had that co-op element mm. in and um honey i shrunk the kids which i think mm. wasn't there a game was it last year that came out that did the, uh, the shrinking thing yeah it's in set in the garden and i can't remember what it's called it's not yeah. like grounded let me just check it's on that's another game pass game as well it was early access check in it was uh it was grounded that so i played a bit of grounded but it's a, it's a little bit unfair to compare it takes two which is a highly polished game that i presume has been in development for a long time and has been allowed to reach the end of its development phase bef- uh, before being released to grounded which is released in early access and um is a little bit at least when i played it very early on after it released it is a bit bare bones at the same time an interesting concept and and very much mm-hmm. both of them very much pulling from um honey i shrunk the kids so yeah I, i'd recommend it takes two it is it's fantastic if you ever get a chance to play it i would i would highly recommend it and ideally wow. if you've got a partner who might be even partially interested to do it with them following on from the point about novelty then i'm going to bounce straight into my next one which is skyward sword the subject of episode 69 yeah i could see this one coming yeah i know, I know you could i'm yeah. glad you enjoyed I'm, you it i guess i'm very you guess my third it. one as well oh skyward it's so good that um the thought crossed my mind earlier over the christmas holidays uh about starting it again because really? i enjoyed it that much yeah. yeah even you know six months after finishing it hmm. that's I just, just again, as with Mario 3D Worlds, uh, uh, obviously we talked about it at length in episode 69. Well, you talked about it at length. I talked about it at length. So I'm actually yeah. very interested to know what you, uh, what chimed with you so strongly. Oh, there's just so much about it. It's the, I think the main thing that I like about it is the, you can see the link between this and Breath of the Wild, but not in the geography. The fact that it's, it's only three locations you visit in the game, but each time you visit it, you're going with a different purpose. And the maps kind of new things unlock and new things open up, or you're revisiting it with a different purpose or something. There's a really clear reason why you're going to each place each time. Whereas Breath of the Wild just had the whole openness of it. And I really liked how it had those areas and it was just so sharply focused and there was no fat to it at all. It was just really clear cut as to what you needed to do and then within that 
the way the collectibles mm-hmm. items we want to call them that you, you get the um what do you call them in Zelda? I remember. Like the weapons, you, the things that you get. Yeah, I'd say I'd say tools. items. Yeah, the tools okay. is the tools isn't used, but I would say normally it would be items, but I think tools is a better I'm just thinking thing. I, I, they're not all items. weapons as well. They they well, genuinely no, exactly. are tools. You've got like the flying yeah. bug and whatnot. So here in particular, tools is I think the best the best uh, the best the best word. I, items is a sub menu that has like your, your jars and and yeah, the metals it is, yeah. that you get to, to get extra hearts. So uh, anyway, whatever you call them, the fact that you you get them, and then uh, let's say for example you just mentioned the flying beetle, which you get in the first, yeah, in the uh, in the forest, I guess, because you're in that room where you have to escape by sending the beetle out through a crack in in the ceiling and going and pressing switch over 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 yonder. The fact that these tools are, are then used, and oftentimes in Zelda you have the tool and then. You use it for an area of dungeon and then yeah. that city gets cast to one side whereas this just keeps revisiting it and you keep having to use them over and over and you then got there's an element of um you can up level them as well there's a character in the the hub world area uh, who will for you know exchanging some precious materials will uh, upgrade each of your items uh, tools or whatever and then the, the same for your, your, your shields as well so there's there's um reason to be exploring beyond uh, in, in those areas trying to find extra bits to try and make your uh, your uh, weapons tools etc as good as possible there's just so much to it that i i, I realized even just in that area i'm just thinking about now as well the, the area where the guy who fixes your weapons he sits in one area of this the, the bazaar and there's a fortune teller and there's someone who does potions and the music, I don't know if you ever noticed this, yeah, I think I, have, I pointed yeah. out to actually, mm. the music is this fairly generic, it's a nice piece of music, but as you approach these characters, it changes to automatically in a way to be representative of that character. So you approach the fortune teller and the music becomes this kind of like Middle Eastern on pipes and, and things like that, and so then you walk away and it fades back seamlessly fades back into being the the standardized version just yeah. r- little touches like that is uh, is uh, sublime the yeah. motion controls are really good as well yeah completely in contrast to as i sort of labored in our episode on the on the original completely in contrast to a lot of people's feelings on it the motion controls work perfectly well yeah they, re- they really do I, ju- I just don't understand i well i i think i think it's because people very quickly. We talked about this in Wii Sports, actually, in the episode mm. uh, on Wii Sports. The fact that people thought that you just waggled for Wii Sports, well, they just never really, people never really shook that. And then when they were fo- faced with a game that actually asked you to use it in a one-to-one or close-to-one-to-one manner, they couldn't shake the idea that, well, why, why, I'm doing what I do in other games. I'm just waving it around in the air randomly. Why isn't it working? I think that was partly for at least some people the problem towards the end of the game you end up fighting different enemies who you have to parry with you with your um, mm. switch controller to sort of mm. make them think you're going to attack one way and then quickly sweep them with another way and there's some really deep use of the mechanics yeah. there which again is so effective i i found it quite challenging as well because I, I, i'm not particularly uh, skilled at, at using it i found that difficult but i enjoyed that because it was difficult mm. and you acknowledge that actually it's you it's it's not that the game's letting you down it's that you're letting yourself down yeah, and I don't completely. mean that in a in a snidey way. I mean that in in the same way that we are challenged by a, a skill deficiency in other in sort of traditional button pressing games, that can actually happen if if you've got a game that implements that Wii motion sensing aspect. If it's implemented well, then you can actually find that level of challenge, mm. that skill deficiency. Yeah, not else to say about it. Just it's a really good game, and if you're listening, if you have a Switch, you haven't played it. Um, do yourself a favour and uh, 
seek it out because it is great. It, it uh, really just is. a last shout out as well. The characters, uh, Groose, which I know you mentioned in your episode, in the episode on it, uh, Groose is fantastic as a character. And there's also a little robot called Scrapper who yeah. um, retrieves items from the, the, the main world and brings them up to you. And the way he is quite snidey to, to Link is, is quite funny. Yeah. People don't like Scrapper. Really? Yeah. He was Why? another thing that bothered people. I can't remember. I think it was something to do with, um, I think it was the fetch questiness of, of your involvement with him and having to go and find things. And He is overused. Mm. You have to do that, that gameplay loop four or five times, mm. go go find something, call him, and then he'll take it for you. Yeah. Um, I, I, I concede that. But as a character, I think he's really good. I've never argued. I've never argued, to be honest, that any game is a perfect game. Um, not even Psychonauts 2. Every game has its uh, foibles, does it, don't they? And maybe that's one of them for, for Skyward Sword. It, it wasn't enough to make me dislike the game at all, really. I, I just got on with things. Like, like I do, yeah. just rolled with it. Haters going to hate. Exactly. I'm going to pull my next two games together and talk about them the same. All and right. then that'll allow us well, to sort of finish on a rounded note. Yeah. They do have something in common, and that is that they, I mean, they're both on the Switch. Uh, they're both, or, or at time of recording at least, they might still be both Switch exclusives, although one of them is uh, rapidly heading towards release on PC. And you won't know why they're related, but I'll, I'll tell you why they are. Um, they're Monster Hunter Rise and Pokemon Snap. So these two games are linked for me. These are probably two of the games that I've played the most this year, in- interestingly. And they are linked for me because we have, my myself and, and Hannah have... To a cousin on each side of our families who were born at the same time. They're both eight years old. And we, over the last, over the course of this year, have made a habit of, of ringing them up and remotely playing games with them. And uh, one of them, play. one of them was massively into and actually continues. We played it again this weekend with him. We do this every weekend with both of them. Monster Hunter Rise is, is one of their favourite games. And we play. We even played that this weekend. Uh, Pokemon Snap is another. It is the other young young man's um, favorite game, or one of, because actually he is a bit of a Pokemon nut. He absolutely loves Pokemon. I gave him a Pokemon quiz the other day at his uh, at his request. It had I can't remember how many points it had, but he he got nearly every question right, and I was really trying to push him. Like nice. I was talking, I was asking him questions about competitive Pokemon, and he was getting. He was getting more than he should have right as an eight-year-old. Has so, he got Pokemon Smile, though? That's the key question. No. Interestingly, he hasn't got Pokemon Smile. Although, if I told him that it existed, he would be well into it. So this boy... The, the, let's let's talk about... We're going to talk... That's the reason I've brought them together. Because they're both on the Switch. They both uh, hold a, a, a reason, a, yeah, a special place uh, for myself and Hannah because of, of how it's allowed us to sort of get involved with our, our young cousins. But now I'll break, break them apart. I'll talk about Pokemon Snap and then I'll talk about Monster Hunter Rise if that's okay. I've been intrigued to know about Pokemon Snap because it, I have ummed and ahed about it this right. year myself. Okay. So to give you an overview of, uh, of why Pokemon Snap is so appealing to this young man, he is a Pokemon nerd. There's no, there's no getting around it. He knows all sorts about Pokemon. He very recently... I've been into, I've been into my town centre once in the last two years. I hated... Even before coronavirus as we were talking about uh, this week you and i even before coronavirus was a thing i didn't really like going shopping and i didn't like i don't like being in big crowds so it's just not my thing so town has never been a thing that i've enjoyed and it's one of the things that i'm quite happy to be, to have done away with in my weekly rituals however i made one exception this year 
earlier this year and it was to go and get a Nintendo DS from CEX for this young man because he is so deeply into Pokemon that he wanted to play. He found out that there were games before Pokemon Shield and was badgering his mum to be allowed to play them but neither the Nintendo DS and the only place that had them in stock around us was my hometown. So I went um, on a jaunt into town and grabbed him a red one. And yeah, so he's away with those. But Pokemon Snap, it started off with Pokemon Shield, Pokemon Snap that came out this year, and not only have I been playing it with him uh, over the internet, we it's not a, it's not a an online game, but we we have a Zoom call or a WhatsApp video call or whatever, and we play at the same time, we play the same level at the same time, and see what photos we can get. Mm. Not only has that been happening, but when he hasn't been on the phone to me, he has managed to convince his mum to get interested and involved in Pokemon Snap as well. So she's actually Aww. he's been going to bed. She's not a game orientated person. She's not interested in playing games. But she's played probably more games in the last 12 months since he got his Switch at Christmas. She probably played more games than she ever thought she would in her life. And one of them is Pokemon Snap. She's played it to such an extent that when he goes to bed, she plays it on her own. That's how how interested she is in it. And I'm not surprised because the idea behind Pokemon Snap is, I think, a winning formula regardless of what you're actually the content of the game. So the content is Pokemon, and the pictures that you're taking are of Pokemon. It's just them in their natural habitat, isn't it? Yeah. Just, they're you're taking photos of them just being natural. Yeah. I, so, yeah, we'll come back to that a little bit um, in a moment. But you, you are going, you are, you're on rails. So you go to different areas. There might be a jungle, there might be a beach, there might be a coral reef underwater, there might be a volcano or, or something that you... You go to all these different places and then you go through on a course. It's basically you on rails and the Pokemon go through um, scenarios. They go, they they will follow the same routines and you can take photos of them following those routines. But as you go through the level, they'll do the same things by and large each time. And the, your job is to get the most interesting, most uh, inventive, best framed pictures of these uh, pokemon doing things in their natural environment as you said the best ones is that you possibly can and then professor whatever his name is i can't remember which professor it is in this game but uh he then rates your photographs and they get put in your photo decks and that in itself is great but then in terms of variation you can take photographs of the same pokemon doing it doing different things and each each entry in the photo decks has four categories. So if you take a photograph of a Pokemon being boring, just standing around, that might be a one-star photograph, category one. Then category two might be like Pokemon being lively or in some way. And then category three is like, oh, they've done something silly. You've bumped them on the head with a fluff fruit and they've they've looked all dazed or something like that. And you've grabbed a photo of that. Um, Photo four might be um, something super special. I don't know. And part of the game is trying to figure out how to um, how to how to make each Pokemon do each of those yeah, things. Yeah, some of these things are quite intricate. There's there's one that I can think of in the in the desert where there's um, I think it's a Tyranitar and a Lycanroc, two t- two different Pokemon, and the Lycanroc drops down next to the Tyranitar, and if you do the right things at the right times in the right ways, the Lycanroc will wind the Tyranitar up. The Tyranitar will then bash a rock to, to smithereens um, and, and roar. And if you can get a photograph of him in the process of doing that, then that's your like four star 
Category 4 picture of the Tyranitar. Um, but the steps to, to get there are quite intricate and, and involved. Um, and there's little mysteries everywhere. There's just little mysteries everywhere that you can... If you if you delve a little bit, if you poke around a little bit, and you try different things in different ways with your admittedly limited toolset, if you if you use that toolset to poke around, you can find all these weird and interesting secrets um, that then allow you to get these special photographs. And, and that's it, where you've got most enjoyment. Then is is that poking around and yeah yeah it, seeing what's what. There's a lot of puzzling out, um, and it's a very relaxed atmosphere as well. And it's it's just pretty nice to have a game that isn't orientated around a violent interaction to be honest or serenity yeah it, it, it it's it, it's a quite a passive game it's sort of like slow t it's like it's like gaming's version of slow tv um oh, that's a good analogy yeah and and i like it for that i really like it for that they incidentally one of the games that got me most excited when the ps3 was uh, being touted before it actually released. There was a game called Africa. I don't know if you remember this, but no, there was a game so. called Africa that was being sort of shown off because it had really nice graphics. It was set on the savannas of Africa and there was all this wildlife. And they, the whole idea was that you were a photographer on the on the plains of Africa trying to capture amazing photographs of, of the wildlife um, there. And it was basically a real, real life, po- well, not real life, realistic pokemon snap that's what it was it had lifted its um idea it seemed from from pokemon snap i'd love to see pokemon snap applied to something else i'd love i i think that the more of this type of game the more this type of game is explored the more it's developed the better the genre will be i i'm so surprised that it's not its own genre just because of how successfully implemented it's been in in pokemon snap twice now the first one was good, mm. and this one's so much, so much better, so much deeper, so much richer, so much more fun. And I would, I would recommend it. I think above any other play, uh, any other Switch game that's come out this year. Wow! So okay. yeah, there you go. And and that is a shame for Monster to Rise. Uh, if you're only getting one Switch game this year, because Monster to Rise will come very, Monster very Hunter. close second. Monster Hunter is a series that I've tried to get into. Th- three times and failed every time except this one so um i don't know well i do i think i do know what it did differently it streamlined the game in a way that the monster Hunter series has never really been streamlined before it, w- it wasn't interested in streamlined it was interested in laborious and slow they've introduced in this they've introduced these dogs called uh, mine's called fido i can't actually remember what they're called they're called palamuts right which doesn't make any any sense to you but there's um you in the in the games prior to this you had these cat friends that you call pala palicos and the the dog equivalent is the palamut or palamute depending on how you want to say it and you can ride them and, and they're very fast so when you're traversing around the maps you can get around very very fast you've also got these um like zip lines that you can throw out which allow you again to zip to be very zippy and nippy, and I think those two things together have made navigation around around the game a lot, a lot more bearable. And in fact, I'd go so far as to say, fun. So, so there's Excellent. that. And Monster Hunter Rise, for anyone that doesn't know, is about taking on very large, well, relatively large monsters, um, 
and in this game and and actually in prior prior um, entries you do that as a team so you can go in you can do it on your own but by and large the game is built around being online with people and taking these these uh creatures down as a team each creature will have certain behaviors and certain attacks that you can that they sort of telegraph and if you can learn how they what they do before they do a certain attack then you can actually dodge out of the way and and you can become quite adept at taking these creatures down um you can also sort of decapitate not the right word you can you can take parts of them off Uh, and in this game i think probably in games before this one as well one of the things one of the main aims is to take off their tail and then you can harvest parts uh, and then it literally comes off the tail when it like flies off right uh, you then you then once you've either captured them or killed them these creatures you can harvest those the parts from this um from these creatures and use them to create new armor and new weapons and then when you create new armor and new weapons you use those new armors and new weapons against other creatures that might be a little bit stronger and and it just keep going like that there's in this game rinse i think and repeat. well yes rinse and repeat but the variation in the in the creatures in the monsters that you're taking on is is enough that each one can feel quite distinct from from the other if you, did you play um did you have to play shadow of the colossus yes it's not it, is it, it like that no it's more frantic mm, okay. and less less serene because shadow of the colossus as much as you were murdering giant um colossi the the creatures themselves, there was a serenity to them, wasn't there? And that was actually the whole idea behind that was that you, at some point in your journey, uh, if you were a human being, would find yourself maybe feeling conflicted about taking down these, well, yeah. these creatures that weren't actually doing you any harm. You were doing it for a reason, weren't you? Trying to save that girl. But yeah. um, it was supposed to leave you feeling a little bit guilt-ridden at points, I think. There's no guilt here. There is pure arcadey, actiony enjoyment, um, and you—that—that's what it's about. You—you're going out. You're having a fun time with people that you do or don't know, uh, taking down these giant monsters. It's more like Great. sort of Godzilla, I suppose. Like you—you you are the—you are the giant killer. Uh, so my last game, Steeg's last game from that, because you've just used the word arcadey. My last uh, title is Apple Arcade. Okay, so <laughs> number three. This is uh, this is uh, the third time that Apple Arcade has cropped up in our well, in our podcast. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not complaining. We, we Com- started off this festive run by saying what games we played this year, and I, that was the point I realised that it has just been those three games I've played: is Mario 3D World, Skyward Sword, Apple Arcade. I've not played anything else Apple this Arcade, year. Apple Arcade though is uh, Apple Arcade is a, is a series a of games. Umbrella. Yeah. Are there any specifics in Apple Arcade? I I don't. I'm not. I'm not complaining. I know that. I know that I'm liable to complain, uh, especially at you, for all of your shenanigans. Of but I'm not complaining. It's fine. Apple Arcade is a fine choice, and it might even help us to get you up to a, a grand total of five. So, are there any specific games that are on Apple Arcade that you've really been taken by? So I, I did a big run through during the episode on it, which I think mm. I just said is episode seventy-seven. Uh, there are a few I've played since then that I've, I've uh, thought has been brilliant. Um, I've literally today been playing a game called Down in Bermuda, and the word serenity has come up a couple of times during your conversation about um, 
during what you said about those last couple of games, Pokemon and Monster Hunter. Uh, Down in Bermuda is a game that um, is on Steam as well. It's a puzzle game. You've got these interactive uh, 3D islands or three representation of islands, and you've got to find the treasures that are hidden in them, and you've got to click, and there's puzzles to solve, and the puzzles are quite cerebral at times. You've got to really think about what you're doing, but the the, the reward when you've figured it out, so the little rush you get is really nice, and it's just a very, it's a nice game just to, unwind with and that's what i've been really using apple arcade for is just those spare five ten minutes just kind of have a go at something just mm. to calm down of an evening uh, so don't die for me to um, i've started playing baldo baldo oh man i really want to play baldo well it's it's pretty good yeah yeah i really pretty, like to play it and it's good okay good you just made um, me a little bit jealous Sorry, I'm not sorry. Uh, Lego Builder's Journey was one I wanted to get on the Switch, and I've played most of it on Apple Arcade. I It's good, but I think it overstays its welcome, and okay. I haven't gone back to it since kind of getting towards Whoa. the end of the game. It got a little bit fiddly towards the end. Given this is the best games of 2021, we'll maybe gloss over that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, so do you want my sort of highlights of Apple Arcade, then? I, I'd like to know what what are... If you, if you had to zone in on two of the best games on Apple Arcade. The the reasons to have Apple Arcade, what would they be? Okay, Sticky Sasquatch. Okay, which it's I know was one... recommended by another friend of yours, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, it was, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was recommended by my, my godson. Essentially, uh, GTA aimed at children. You're, you're a Sasquatch, go around this town, doing what you want and uh they they regularly release updates for it with extra jobs extra areas extra challenges extra items which i think is really good as well for that longevity has it got anything in common with goose game it's same sort of of sense of humor and Mm. and the same sort of sense of mischief and misrule Mm. uh from that i think my other recommendation would probably be oh i don't look at my list now they're all games that appeared elsewhere but they're just really good like mini metro mini motorways are again yeah. just perfect for that dipping into word web i've mentioned is this banana grams scrabble hybrid alba is is wonderful really relaxing game mm. uh, with a, a, a very strong environmental message as well um, and, and, and as I said before, it's the fact that games are just getting released, you know, one, two or three games come out for it every month. Mm. And even if, if one of them vaguely interests you for half an hour, well, I still think that's pretty good value for money. Mm. Cool. I'll let right, you off. Game. I'll let you off. You've given us a decent, a decent Thanks. selection of games there. The last game then on our list of uh, 2021's best and one that. Well, I don't think you'll be surprised, to be honest, but it's it's a little bit off the beaten track as far as I'm concerned, because the genre is just not one that I click with very often. But when I do click with them, they are some of the most fun that I think you can have playing games. It's a racing game. It released very recently. It's Forza Horizon 5. Great choice. Forza Horizon 5 is, I mean, it's just, it's the perfect racing game as far as I'm concerned, uh, in terms of what I want from them, because I want arcadey silliness. I want to be able to, to dip into it. I want to be able to dip into it and 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 then come back. I want to be able to if I'm if I'm in the mood to do races, I want to do races. If I'm in the mood to bez around uh, an open space, I want to be able to do that. If I'm in the mood to go fling myself off the highest cliff, which I, unfortunately I am in the mood for more often than I I wish I was, um then I want to be allowed to do that. This game offers all of that. It, it reminds me of the best of Burnout. So Burnout Paradise was probably the pinnacle of that series, although Burnout Takedown, Burnout 3 were also very, very good. And they, prior to this, they were definitely my favourites 
when it came to racing games. I like anything that puts the fun first when it comes to racing. If you're if you're simulating racing, you've lost me. If you are with Core Grand Turismo this year, and we both had the same reactions, that didn't we? Yeah, exactly. If you if though you are as a developer, if you're looking to find a way to challenge the notion of physics in the medium of cars going vroom, then that's probably a winner for me and that's that's what Forza Horizon offers. It does that in a scaled down version of Mexico, which Forza Horizon 4, I think I've told you, I don't think you were aware, but Forza Horizon 4 was based in the UK. And I thought it did quite a good job of capturing uh, some essences of the UK, although it did it did sort of tend towards the twee aspects of, of the UK, you know, like the, a slight stereotype. I was very much looking forward to going to Mexico in this game because we our honeymoon uh, we spent in Mexico and I was hoping that we'd be able to go to a few of the places in the game that we'd been to when we were there. And and we have been able to. I actually went uh, for a drive to Tulum, which is a, a little, an ancient Mayan town that is right on the Caribbean coast, right on the beach. And it looks out, there's like a temple that is on a, on a, on a cliff, I guess, on a cliff overlooking these blue waters and when you go it's not perfect it's not a perfect rendition of Tulum but it's enough to to sort of get you to take my mind back there anyway uh, and to get me thinking about it again and I played yours a few weeks ago when we recorded our first couple of Christmas episodes together and I was really impressed by it as well and I I got the most enjoyment from as you say just driving around and just soaking it up because it is it's really pretty and it's just really fun yeah it really is it really is it it's Dopamine, dopamine hits just left, right, and center. I would defy anybody to to have a controller in their hand and force their eyes on the com- on the telly and not be able to find some of the enjoyment out of it. Even people that don't like games, this is the sort of game that that could act as a gateway, I think, into into enjoying them. You mentioned that dopamine hit as I was driving around. It seems that everything I did seems to result in some sort of bonus or points you know i'd knock over a tree oh you've got a bonus for doing that i'd yeah. drive through a sign you've got a bonus for doing that oh yeah. i've driven on this road and then suddenly oh you've not driven this road before have a bonus point because you've found somewhere new it was it was great that is what i like about it a lot of the time as in this in this hobby the games that we play often you are chastised admonished for going off the beaten track or doing something that that might be considered wrong. There aren't really any wrong things to do. I mean, there's one wrong thing to do in that, especially to big trees or buildings in this game, and you will come to a screeching halt. Which I which I did a lot, but, and I'm very sorry for it. You get better at avoiding the big trees and the buildings, and you know you start to understand which trees you can plough through and get rewarded for, and which trees you can't. And once you've got that, yeah, you were the world is literally not literally. The world is your your metaphorical oyster because that's all you need to know. Don't crash into big buildings and trees, big, big trees and buildings. Cool. That's uh, yeah, great, great recommendation. Thank you very much for that. Mm. And that's that's everything for twenty twenty one between us. I think I, at least from our point well. of view. So let's uh, let's become the other head of Janus. Let's look forward to twenty twenty two. Sorry, Things what we did you say? Forward to. Sorry, I'm slurring. Yeah, something about so huge. Let's anus. become the other. <sighs> Is that? I don't know what you said. Let's just move on. You're bringing the podcast into disrepute. I said about looking forward to the other head of Janus. Okay. It sounded different to that to me, but it'll come out in the wash, hopefully. Right. For you. What what are you looking forward to, Ashley? Well, I'm not asking for much uh, in, in my hopes and dreams for 2022 because there's just one game. There's one game 
that if so the first two or three months of my 2021 were dominated by a single game and that was Assassin's Creed Valhalla which I got for Christmas surprised like it was a genuine surprise I didn't expect to get it and my wife treated me to it which was lovely and then we both got sucked right into it and played it for I think January February March um, pretty solidly just that game there's a single game that is coming out in 2022 that I think will have a similar effect on us and if you really put your mind to it, I think you could guess, but I'm not going to make you, because that is the sequel to Breath of the Wild, as yet untitled. It has to come out in 2022. It, I read a news article yesterday that said that it is still on track for a 2022 yeah. release. I was genuinely expecting it this year. I I can't quite fathom why. Five years since the first game came out, that is the development cycle of a game that is being built from the ground up. That's that's a development period worthy of a of a wholly new entry without any recycled assets or anything. No 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 new world. Everything's devised from the ground up. This game has got something to build on, and it's still taken five years. And I'm, I mean, I know we've had a pandemic in between, and maybe that has had a had an impact. But I think it's going to do great things, and I am very much looking forward to finding out what they are. And I've waited a very long time to find out. <laughs> find that out as well they've got a lot to live up to from the first one so i'm assuming they're just trying to make it the the best it can be yeah which which they should be absolutely because uh, the first one is just eight i am also having said all of that i am not i am not getting too i'm not setting the bar too high i'm keeping my my anticipation as low as possible although it is still very high i'm keeping it as low as possible simply because I don't want to set it up for failure from personally. So I would advise everybody to do that. Don't don't jump on board the hype train or whatever we're calling it these days. And don't go watching every single tiny little bit of information and speculation on the game because you will ruin it for yourself. I'm going to ignore that advice because I am I'm hyped to the gills for Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah, I'm I can't girding wait. my loins in anticipation. When it comes out, it will be tunnel vision, I think, for both Hannah and myself. Yeah. We'll, we'll be... We'll be taking it in shifts as we usually do with Zelda games. And I'll have the evening and I'll have some time in the day or something like that so that we don't spoil it for each other. And we'll probably won't even talk to each other just in case we accidentally spoil it. <laughs> it. That's been the way it has been Zelda games for quite a while with us. So Not the not, the not talking to each other bit. That sounds like dysfunction. Yeah. It, it, we don't. It, it does, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll do a quick run through. I've got yeah, a handful. Um, I, had, I had a look on uh, on Wikipedia, the 2022 in video games page. Greedy and, uh, boy. Yes, like a greedy sport little boy. Here's the games what I want this year. That does sound sport, what I want. Here's, here's games that I would rather like this year. So there are Clive and Wrench, which I saw about on a, like a... I in, remember indie, you sending me this. Yeah, that was like a 3D games... Mm. 3D platforming game showcase on over the summer. Clive and Wrench was due to come out, I think even maybe in 2020. Hmm. And it's been pushed back to 2022. It, it was due to come out this early this year, definitely. Um, it's a 3D platformer in the classic mold. You've got um, Clive and then Wrench who lives on his back in a manner reminiscent of Banjo-Kazooie. I love me a 3D platformer, so uh, there's that. Uh, Kirby Forgotten Land. Yeah, Zelda Breath which of the I Wild thought looked with Kirby in it. With yeah, I'm amazing. kind of interested in that. I generally don't like Kirby games, but I'm interested. No, I, so they've, they've. I don't either. But I thought the trailer looked really promising. It's a little like Breath of the Wild. Give yeah, Kirby. Yeah. Are you going to uh, say Sonic Rangers in this? Uh, in this Sonic list? Frontiers. That's the yes. one. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Breath of the Wild with Sonic, huh, which I think yeah. sounds great. 
It's funny, isn't it? Uh, uh, the uh, the trends, the way that the way yeah, that they come up. Yeah. Breath of the Wild two, which we already talked about, uh, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, which again was due to come out, I think, twenty nineteen, and got pushed back and then pushed back again. Yeah. So this is all nine films turned into Lego. So um, I think they've redone because the first six films, seven films actually were all turned into Lego games, and I think they've ridden it all, and it's this whole open galaxy that you can do what you yeah. want in any order you want, and sp- it just just sounds bro. A sprawling Lego um, adventure. I, I'll be honest, ab- I've absolutely. said I, I'm looking forward to one game, and I was actually talking to people about that that game, uh, Lego, Lego Star Wars Saga. I was talking about in that today, so maybe right. there are two games. I'm not a massive Star Wars fan, but I do like the Lego versions of, of them. Yeah, and I think with this, it's the it's like you said that sprawling again Breath yeah. of the Wild type approach. Yeah. Um, mm. The next game I'm going to mention is one that I think you'll admonish yourself for forgetting: Mario and Rabbids Spark of Hope. I'm not admonishing myself. I told you there is one that one game to rule them all next year for me, and that is Breath of the Wild. But I I admit that I wouldn't mind playing a little bit of that yeah. as well. I'm not saying there's one game that I'll play. I'm just saying there's oh, only really see. one game that, that is demanding of my attention, and that is that one. And then the last one is Two Point Campus. Yeah. If I if I could get my, my hands on all those, I'd be a happy little boy. I think they'll probably find their way into your hands. What's your uh, hot take on Two Point Campus before we wrap up? Well, look, it looks like a little bit more Two Point Hospital and different with a different theme, which is fine. Yeah. I like the idea of creating a university and teaching students all manner of weird and wacky and wonderful yeah. things yeah looks fun looks it does really look fun. fun it does look fun and if if there's one thing you need from games it's a bit of fun so yeah good list it is a good list thank you right well uh, we'll wrap up there thank you for listening and thank you for joining us uh during for 2021 the year. yeah yeah and we'll see you in the new year for more gaming goodness yeah Opening up strong next year, aren't we? A special episode, well, yeah, we episode are. ninety. We are, and then we're doing our our January salvo of Marion Sonic. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting about that. You're gonna have to just keep reminding me. You see, that's yep. much better. The year of Mario and Sonic, as opposed to the year of James Pond. James Pond. Yeah. yeah. No, Mario and Sonic. Stick with the stick with the goodies. And as I said, next week we're back to normal. It'll be episode 90. So as is uh, normal, we'll be doing a game that we haven't played before. And it it is a good one. As is Uh, tradition. uh, As is tradition. So mark that in your calendars. Thank you for listening. And remember to join us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, rate and review. Yes, please. Happy New Year. Goodbye. Farewell. Farewell.